You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So we're just going to dive right into it. We're going to get real. It's going to get gnarly. Uh, if you're above like 40 and don't know what gnarly means, that just kind of means like intense. So like Pastor Kat, I've seen her surfing before out in the water. We get gnarly out there. Um, so we're going to jump right into it. So if you want to turn with me in your Bibles, if you have them, hopefully you do, but if not, uh, you can open up your phone, or I think they're going to pull it up on the screen. Uh, we're going to go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. It is a great chapter, Pastor Sam. We're uh, digging into the Samaritan woman at the well. Uh, I just encourage you and invite you to really place yourself in this woman's shoes as I read this scripture, uh, make it your own story. When I read the Bible, I love putting myself into the word and how, and just seeing it from a different perspective than just reading words. So um, as I read, just picture yourself, put yourself in her shoes. Um, a little bit of a backstory on her. She was uh, just an outcast of her town in Samaria. She was um, divorced five times. She's with a guy who she is not married to, so she's dealing with a lot of stuff. So we're going to pick up in John chapter 4, verse 4. Um, I don't know if the timer is on, but if it hasn't even started, then we're good to go. Okay, John chapter 4, verse 4, because I got a lot going on. So John chapter 4, verse 4, we're picking it up. It says, now he, talking about Jesus, had to go through Samaria so he came to a town in Samaria called Shekar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from his journey, sat down by the well. We're going to highlight that. I'm going to come back to it in a moment. Sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Everybody say living water. Living water. Mm, living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, we're in verse 13, this is where I'm going to kind of marinate and spend some time on. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Say thirsty again. Thirsty again. Thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Say never thirst. Never thirst. Yeah, come on somebody. Mm, never thirst. Never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir... Give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. Like I said, she didn't have a husband. She actually had five ex-husbands, and the dude she was sleeping with isn't her husband. So Jesus knew what's going on with this woman's life, just like Jesus knows what's going on with your life. So I have one question, one point today in the, uh, oh, okay, there's the timer. Five minutes I got left. So. My question, I want you guys to say it after me as I repeat it so it resonates in your heart and your mind. So say after me, what well, what well. there we go, what well, what well. Am, I am I drinking from? Drinking from. 
I think statistics say if you say it twice, it actually means something, so we're going to say it again. What well am I drinking from? In this story, Jesus gives us two wells. One well right here that uh, is a worldly well, I like to call it. It's going to make you thirst again. It brings no satisfaction. Uh, it may bring you a little bit of enjoyment or satisfaction for a season, a time, a period. But this well right here is going to run dry. Jesus then presents us another well, like we repeated before, that will never make us thirst again. His presence, his spirit living on the inside of us, a dwelling place of pure joy, of true fulfillment, of our calling in heaven as it is on earth. So, the question that I presented earlier, what well are you drinking from? What well are you drinking from? Really ask yourself that today. Are you drinking from the well that the world says is going to satisfy you. When I was drinking from this well, this well looked like a lot of different things. It can look like different things to you, but for me personally, just to get real and authentic and true, you guys deserve it. Um, this well was, was a well of me trying to live up to people's standards that weren't my own, me trying to live for the weekend, and I don't mean Sunday, uh, living for Friday nights, Saturday nights, turning to just different addictions, pornography, trying to find true satisfaction in what the world says is going to bring you satisfaction. It left me dry every single time. When I came over here to this well and started thirsting for something that was so much deeper and greater than what I could even think or imagine and understand, I truly started finding satisfaction in who God is calling me to be and who he has made me to be. Yeah, amen. Amen. So last year, I, uh, I hugged my mom for the last time. She ended up passing away in July. In the middle of COVID, in the middle of <clears throat> craziness, in the middle of chaos, um, I, find myself, I found myself desperate for Jesus. I found myself in this place where I was like, God, the only thing I need is you because you're the only thing that's going to satisfy this pain, this hurt, this thing that I'm dealing with. And so I don't know what it is in your own life, in your own heart, that you are dealing with today, what you walked into today. This woman walked to a well habitually every single day at the hottest part of the day when she shouldn't have been there because she was an outcast of her town. She was hiding in shame. She was hiding in guilt. She was hiding from what other people thought. She found herself at this well, drawing water, where Jesus said, like I said earlier, Jesus said, he sat right next to this well. So this well that you continuously keep turning to, and I don't know what it is in your life. It could be, it could honestly just be anything, any addiction. It could be sin. It could just be frustration, anger. You're just finding yourself in this place that you just cannot get out of. You're just continuously drawing to what the world says is going to feed you. Your social status on Instagram, how many likes you're getting. Maybe it's even just different things with what's going on in, you know, just your workplace or whatever it is, you're continuously finding yourself sitting and drawing from this well. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit speaking to me today to tell you that Jesus sat and chose to sit at this well, right where your dysfunction is, where you may see yourself broken in pain. Jesus sat Jesus sat right next to this well. 
And I just want to pray, actually, real quick. If, if everybody could just close, close your eyes. And if that's you, if you're in this place and you're like, man, I'm thirsting for the wrong things. I'm thirsting at that well. I'm finding satisfaction in what the world is bringing to me. With every eye closed, and, and you just open up your hands as if you're going to receive something. And I just want to pray for you today. And I just encourage you to open your heart to receive what Jesus died on the cross, paid the price for, to give to you today. Father, I thank you, Jesus, so much right now for your presence in this place. I thank you, Jesus, for every hand open that you are touching it, that you are moving mightfully on their behalf, that you are bringing them that that living water that they've been longing for, that they've been searching for, that they have may have been looking in the wrong places, but Jesus, you sat next to their well, next to their pain, their struggle, their thing that they're going through. You sat next to that well to bring them full satisfaction and joy. So Jesus, I pray right now, God, that, that their hearts are being open to just choose you, to just choose you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for your love and your grace and your mercy over us, and just rest upon each and every single heart today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Sorry, Chad. I took the water. I was speaking about living water, so I just needed a little thirst of it. Um, Okay, so talking about the man bun, the man, the myth, the legend, the worship leader that has just taken over uh, everybody's hearts here at Awaken. We just love you so much. So everybody stand, re-up, re-stand, re-up, back to your feet, and give it up for Chad. So good. So good. No, that's cool. I'll take his water. It's fun. No, I'm just The blessed water. Good morning, church. Wow, what an honor to be here this morning. I don't preach. This is like the third time I've preached in my life. I would much rather hide behind a guitar than have to write something for you this morning. But I just want to honor the papa and the mama of the house, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. They've been our youth pastors for many, many years, way back in Australia. We love them. I love the church that they have built here. We're honored to be a part of that. And also Pastor Matt and Michaela and the campuses that we have here. And lastly, I want to honor my beautiful bride right here. (laughs) If you haven't seen her dance yet, you probably haven't been to church for the past few weeks. (laughs) But the story I'm going to share with you guys this morning would be very different if she wasn't a part of it. So, guys, we're going to get a little deep, a little vulnerable. It's on purpose. It's how I draw you into the story. But as you guys know, our theme for this month has been Isaiah 59, 19. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord raises a standard against him. And that word standard, it's a banner, right? It's a symbol. It's a signifier. And I really believe it's a call to join the army of God. And in today's day and age, I mean, you can feel that right now, right? You can feel that he is is raising an army. But do you hear the call? Do you hear the call? I, I honestly, I couldn't always hear the call. I grew up in church. I was uh, always the golden child, the wallflower that discovered humor to diffuse situations. I'm incredibly funny <laughs> and very humble. <laughs> uh, I was the peacekeeper. I was the quintessential uh, good kid, but I was supposed to be the one that had it all together. 
I learned just enough guitar to play in the youth band, which I'm going to be honest with you guys, the bar was pretty low considering we didn't have one. <laughs> and uh, then when I was 13, I first saw pornography. And I was drinking from that well, Kyler. And thank you so much for sharing that this morning. It's not an uncommon story. But that sin, it grew like a cancer. And in that storm of, of shame and self-doubt, I started to hear that still, small voice of the call. But what do you do when you're drinking from that well, and then you hear the call? And I was torn between living this life of tension, suspended between what he called me to be and who I was uh, when no one was looking. And I could have stepped back, and to be honest, I really thought about it. You know, the shame and everything weighing upon you. But I knew if I stepped back, it would be a step out of church, of what he called me to be. And I would love to tell you that I threw myself into serving because God's call was louder than pornography, and I was set free in an instance, and all my problems went away, and it started raining unicorns and $100 bills, and it was amazing. But <laughs> be an amazing day. Uh, but in all honesty, I, I was actually just a lonely teenager that was looking for community. And I want to tell you this morning, church, that God's grace is so good and so covering. So even though I struggled with this sin, repent, sin, repent cycle, I continued to pursue worship. I wrote songs. I played on albums. I toured around the world and played in front of thousands of people. I was on staff at church. I ticked all the boxes, right? But I'll be honest with you, I always felt like an imposter. I felt completely unqualified. So who was I to get on a stage and lead people in worship when I would head straight home, glue myself to a computer screen to try and fill a wound that only God could fill? I love all the encouragement, this is especially you, Sam. Thank you. I was going to talk on a fence this morning, considering what you said about my hair, but I, you know. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, church, I wasn't in a church like this. A church like this where transparency was promoted. Where we have a men's prayer group on Tuesday mornings where we can go there, we can get healed up. My story would be so different if I had a church like that. I felt like if people knew who I really was, then whatever position I thought I had would be gone. Fear and shame will keep you stuck every single time. So we're all faced with choices, right? I could have let it beat me. I could have let it take me out of serving out of church and let it drive me to a place where I was a million miles from where God wanted me to be. But I chose to continue to show up. And I saw that despite my own failings, God was actually slowly progressing me towards the calling. But I think all too often we as believers think we need to fix ourselves or get right before God can truly use us. And I will tell you, that is one of the greatest lies of the devil 
right? I mean, seriously, how conceited can we be to think that we have the power to do that or that that is what God actually requires of us? It actually just robs the power from what he did on the cross. And where in the Bible have we ever seen our Father require that we be whole and perfect before he can use us? Instead, the Bible is filled with unqualified, fallible men. The women did a little better. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) And throughout Scripture, we see that God called the broken and the bruised and the imperfect to be his mouthpiece. Moses, Gideon, David, Peter, and Paul. Jesus didn't tell his disciples to go and sort themselves out. Then you come and follow me. He just said, come, knowing that they would get right along the way. God doesn't ask us to get perfect before he can use us. He just asks us to follow him. I love how simple it is. All we have to do is just make a move and take a step. And you guys may be sitting there thinking, that's great, Chad. You've obviously been called. I mean, look at your mad guitar skills and your awesome rock star hair. I get it. I totally get it. Heidi said I wasn't allowed to preach on stage if I didn't do something with it. I don't think this is what she thought I'd do with it, though. (laughs) Mission accomplished. (laughs) All right, let's get a little spiritual, okay, because I got two and a half minutes. 2 Timothy 1.9 in the Amplified Version. For he delivered us and saved us and called us. I love that you think I can read it all the way back up there. It's so tiny. All right. With a holy calling, a calling that leads to a consecrated life, a life set apart, a life of purpose, not because of our works or because of any personal merit. We could do nothing to earn this, but because of his own purpose and grace, his amazing undeserved favor, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Only by the grace of God do we live and breathe, and he is our portion. He has called you for such a time as this and a day like today. My addiction lasted for 13 years. Without the strength of my beautiful bride, I honestly don't know where I would be. And that community of brothers serving that I served alongside with as well, it was all part of his plan to develop me into who he called me to be. And I know I I definitely wouldn't be here without that. I'll be honest, there are days when I wish it had never happened. And if you struggle with this, you know what I'm talking about. Because of the pain that it causes myself and the people I loved, and there are days like today where I'm so grateful to have walked a path towards his calling, even if it was with a limp. That'll tweet if you want to do that, Sam. That's great. (laughs) Because if I had stayed frozen in fear, thinking that I needed to be perfect before moving forward, then the enemy would have won, and that's unacceptable. So church, sometimes God has to take you through the flames to build the character that's needed in order to accomplish the mission that is only now before you. No matter who you are, what you've done, he knew your heartbeat before time began. And his calling on your life was established then to be fulfilled now. So I've got one point. I'll be honest, when there's three-point sermons, I don't remember them anyway. And so I'm going to keep it really simple for you this morning. He loves you right where you're at. 
but he loves you too much to leave you there. So the standard's been raised. The standard has been raised, and the time is now. He is calling all to himself. Don't let your sin, shame, or fear make you feel disqualified from the calling he has for your life. All you have to do is take the first step, confess your sin, let the cross do the work, and surround yourself with a church family like this one that's going to love you, stretch you, and help fulfill all the calling of God on your life. I'll be honest with you guys, if I had let shame cancel me, then I wouldn't be here today married to that woman raising two little world changers. He has a calling for your life. Don't be afraid to answer it. God is going to heal you, restore you, and redeem you, but you've got to take a step in. So this morning, I dare you to make a move and answer the call. I dare you to move. It's a great song. It's a great song. Thank you so much, guys. That would have been so much easier to sing it, but that was fun. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome the real rock star this morning, Pastor Kat. Come on up. She is a badass. Wow. That's, you guys are hard to follow. Good job, fellas. Okay. Oh, I just love this church. I love Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. With all my heart, we've been here from day one, and they are the real deal. And I know that it is Pastor Jurgen's heart that this is a house of transformation, that this church is a house of transformation. And I am a walking testimony, as is Kyler and Chad, of that transformation that happens when you stick it out in the house of God. And this morning, I want to share with you just a little bit about my story and how I wanted to run so bad when the, the tough stuff starts coming up, right? The first few years, maybe the first few months at church where you're new, it's exciting, or maybe if you're still in the check in the box, we're going to get this thing done on a Sunday. But I want to talk to you about that need when the stuff starts coming up to run. Don't run. Stick and fight it out. So I'm just going to be a little vulnerable like the guys, geez. And just share just a little bit about my journey of wanting to get the heck out of here. <laughs> so Jesse and I, he shared a little bit last, last week that we have been here since day one. And we came into the house and Pastor Jurgen put us serving right away, which, which was good for me because I am, that is a love language for me. I like to serve. I like to do. And so we just came in full force. We are going to serve this house. We love Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. We're going to do it. Jesse's like on fire. He's just happy as can be. But I, like I came in in 26, we, I was 26 when, we got, when I got saved. So 26 years of baggage, of generational baggage, of divorce in the family, lack, all abandonment. I was a military brat. We moved every year. I went to 12 different schools growing up. So running was like in my blood. When you face hard times, you know, you're like, you just, you just go, you start a new thing, right? That's what you do. <laughs> and so like, I was really doing my best to stick it out in those early days. The first five years, like I was good at hiding behind serving, 
But I didn't dig any deep friendships with the people back then, which is very sad because I had access to Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, John and Becky Heinrichs, all the big people. I had complete access to them, but I felt unqualified to have that access. So I would hide instead. So when I hear them talking about stories of back in the good old days, they talked to me like I wasn't there because they didn't know, but I was, I was sitting right there. I was there. <laughs> but I was so good at hiding. I was so good at hiding behind serving. I was so good at being the gray man slithering in the back that they, they just didn't know I was there. <laughs> so, but I was there the whole time. So I did a really good job of, of hiding. But then I joined a team, a team where my friends were leading. These were friends that they knew a little bit about me. I had let them in on a little bit about who I was because I felt like if I, if I opened up, if, I, if they knew how jacked up I was, then I wasn't going to be... Um, serving on a team. I sure as heck wasn't going to be leading a team. I wasn't going to be part of the family if they knew. I felt like they would cast me off. So because I was serving on this team with my friends, things came up. They, I would get so offended because they, they st- it was like I couldn't control the things of my heart anymore. Those things started to rise. The things that God wanted to transform the things that God wanted me to get rid of so I could live my best life, rejection, abandonment, all the things started to come up. But I saw it as offense. I saw it as the people were offending me. It wasn't, it wasn't the opposite. I didn't see it as, oh, these are things I need to get rid of. Because <laughs> I saw it as, oh, that person is that or that person is that. But... Because I didn't dig those deep wells with people, I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. My own husband didn't know because I'm a very, I'm a protector. That's if I take those stupid personality tests, they always say, you're a defender, you're a protector, you're an advocate. So, and he was living his best look, good life. Jesse is what he is. He is lovely through and out. <laughs> so then I didn't want to let him in on how I felt even because I didn't want to ruin what he had going, because he was really on his journey. He was getting there. I was stuck behind. So I, so on this team, I got so offended at this one little thing that I actually found a new church to go to. And I was determined to go to this new church. And me and Jesse were still newly married, so he didn't know how determined of a person I was. But, <laughs> but this is how determined. So I went to this church with my friend, and I'm like, wow, this is great. They, everyone sits during praise and worship. They drink their coffee. You don't stand. You don't sing. You just kind of sit and chill. I'm like, whoa, what is this? Because Awaken was my first experience of a real church. So I'm like, oh, these people are chilling, drinking their coffee. Okay. The guy gets up. He starts talking about there's no tithe or offering. It was like, hey, y'all, there's some buckets out by the door if you want to donate. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, this is, this is the church I'm going to. And, like, I raised my hand. I'm like, yeah, I'm that new person. It's me. And they're like, I got a book. There is no perfect people. I'm like, yes, this is my church. There's no perfect people. This is, because Awaken is filled, oh my gosh, they're so, everyone's perfect. They're so good. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no perfect. Yes, I'm going to this new church. So Sunday, me and Jesse are sitting in church at Awaken, and um, he's in the second row. And I'm like, no way, dude. This is my last service here. 
And I don't know if he just had blinders on to me or if he just wasn't putting up with me. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> but he stayed on the second row, and I was 20 rows back as far as I could get, sitting in the back going, see, nobody even knows I'm way back here, right? Nobody even, like, I could leave right now and never come back, and nobody would care. <laughs> but then Pastor Jurgen gets up to do the offering. So I'm like, oh, and this guy, <laughs> but he's so, he is so generous. I cannot think of anything except this guy. And then he starts preaching and doing what he does best. And then I just hear that small voice. Like, so I said, okay, God, if this is where I'm meant to be and you want me to stay in this house, then you need to do something right now because I am out. God knew how determined I was. He, he created me. <laughs> so he goes, he goes, okay, I want you to give that couple sitting over there $500. I'm like, oh, okay, that's awkward. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll do it, though, because I was obedient. I'm a military gal. Like, you tell me to do something, I'm going to do it. So I was like, okay, God, I'll do it. But I sent, I sent Jesse. He's like my, my hit man. I'm like, Jesse, you need to go give these people 500 bucks for me. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and I was... And I was being a little bit bratty in the meantime. Like, I, was, I didn't go to the store and buy a proper card. I was looking through the drawer. I found this card. I wrote a little thing. Here's $500. Stuck it in this card. Gave it to the couple. Jesse gave it to the couple. But she calls me and goes, Kat, she's crying over the phone. I've been praying because we want to go on this trip, and we needed $500. And not only that, the card you gave me had butterflies all over it. Sorry, just thinking about it. It's so good. Had butterflies all over it. And she lost, she lost her son a year before, and butterflies reminded her of her son. So it was, so it, it was like God was saying, um, it's not... It's not just about you, right? He showed me in that moment, it's not just about you. Stick it out. Stick it out for others. But I still didn't get it. Sorry, don't clap yet. It's too soon. I still didn't get it. So I tried to keep running, right? So I was in the military. I had that excuse. All right, we need to get orders out of San Diego because if I want to get promoted, we can't stay here, which is kind of true. Like, you don't get promoted very well. So I'm like, Jesse, four months straight, I picked Florida, Jacksonville, a <laughs> ship out of Jacksonville, Jacksonville Naval Hospital, Mayport, four years, four, four, sorry, not four years, four months straight. Give me Florida, give me Florida. And then my um, detailer called, which is not a good thing because they don't call you. She goes, oh, you know what? We're out of money. You've got to stay in San Diego. So I'm like, oh, this is not going well. So. I'm, I'm very determined. So I'm like, I'm going to take a deployment. I'm going to take a deployment so I could get out of here. Because I wanted to get out of here still. I couldn't keep up any longer. The cracks were showing. I needed to run. So then I'm like, I'm going on this deployment. So I got this deployment. And God still, he was still with me the whole time. Because I was hearing, like Jesse said, the word. But I wasn't accepting it in my heart. Therefore, I wasn't living the fruit. <clears throat> But I was hearing it. So I would, I would pray, oh, your will will be done, you know, not my will. So he was able to use that prayer. So he said, okay, if you want to deploy, I will hook you up. And I got, like, the best deployment there is out there. And I was gone away from church, away from the family for a whole year, 
right? And during that year, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go back. It's going to be all hunky-dory. Now I'm going to be able to sing Kumbaya and go to the, all the potlucks. Like, I, I'm going to really be able to do it because I've had this year away to establish who I am, be secure myself. So I come back, and it's cherished time. At two weeks, I was back on the ground in America for two weeks. Cherish conference comes. I've never been so excited to go to Cherish. And I was so happy. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be around some ladies. It's going to be good. I've been around sweaty, smelly dudes this whole time. <sighs> oh, Cherish. So then I'm like putting my best foot forward. I felt like I was getting the cold shoulder left and right. Those insecurities came right back up like they had never left. And I was like, back at square one. I'm like, oh, this sucks. What is it? I couldn't run anymore. So Jesse and I, we got ordained shortly after as pastors. And I thought in my head, I'm in too deep. Jesse, um, he obviously is in the right place at the right time. He was on finished the internship. He was on staff. I felt like I was getting ordained as a pastor because I was his wife. I didn't know how I was going to keep it up anymore. So I would fantasize in my brain, okay, if, I, if we got a divorce, then I could be free. And I would pick out wives for him, single woman in the church that would be a good, a good match, a good wife for my man <laughs> because I, I just couldn't do it anymore because I was living living a life where Monday through Saturday, I was at work. I was 100% myself. Saturday would come. I was anxious about church on Sunday. Sunday, I feel like I'd come in and I would blow it or I'd have to hide. But God, he if you just stick it out, he will reveal to you the things. So sitting, I, I tell you, what the moment that it happened for me was during a conference, a pastor was talking about our heart and the things of our heart. And I realized then that I had a stone cold dead heart and that I needed to work on the issues of my heart. So from then on, I decided, you know what? I'm going to serve very little. I served, I still served, but I served on a team where I could come in and soak. So I would soak in the presence of God and I would come to this altar every chance I got. So everything, every time that something would come up, I would go to the altar, rejection, gone. Abandonment, gone. Until my heart got fully restored. And I want to tell you that this is a house of transformation. And that, that you, too, could go through that same transformation. We don't have to live with the past. We don't have to live with the old things. But God wants to bring them to the surface so you can leave them at this altar to never be picked up again. Thank you. All right. Thank you, thank you. And if everyone, if you could just stand to your feet with me, I would love to pray for you. Just close your eyes and let me pray and just receive. You are in the right place at the right time this morning. You are in the right place at the right time. God so loves you. He is for you. He wants all of you, the good, the bad, the ugly. Now is the time. Now is the time to be mature Christians and to stick it out. Stick it out because this world needs 
men and women of God that are willing to fight the good fight of faith, that are willing to leave the baggage at the altar and pick up the good news, that are ready to go out and spread it. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for every person in this place. We thank you, God, that you see them, that you know them. We thank you, Lord, that you know their hearts, that you know the little things and the big. We thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus, that today is a new day, that they are in a house of transformation. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. And if you could just keep your eyes closed for me. Because I want to give an opportunity to those in here today that maybe you have never had a relationship with Jesus. Maybe Jesus has been something that you've heard of. Maybe it's been a religion that you've heard of, but you have never let him into your world to have a personal relationship with him. And if that's you today, I would love to pray for you. Or maybe you're like me, that you've given him little bits and pieces of yourself, but you've never given him your whole and complete heart. If that's you here today, I would love to pray for you. Today is the day. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till next week. You don't have to have it all together like Chad said. Come to God as you are. He created you. He knows you. He knows every hair on your head. And he thinks good thoughts towards you. He created you in your mother's womb. You are unique. You are wonderful in every way. So if that's you here this morning, can you raise your hand? Because I would love to, thank you. I would love to pray for you. Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you, God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God. You know, those of you that raised your hand, can you do something brave today? I would love it if you could come down here to the altar because I want to pray for you. I want to meet you face to face because I want you to know that God sees you, that you have a name, that you are a living being, that you are his, and he is yours. Come on down here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's Oh, good job. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And don't be shy. Do not, do not be shy to come down to the altar. When you come down to the altar, you're inviting in a community of people to gather around you, that you are claiming your territory, that you are claiming your victory. When you come to the altar, you are saying, God, I am yours. You are mine. Let's do this life together. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We have some really brave, beautiful ladies down here. You are gorgeous. Holy moly. Oh. Oh. So, okay, so good. Thank you. All right. Everyone, I want you just to just put your hand out towards these beautiful ladies. God so loves all of you. I could feel it. He's so proud of you. It's not too late. It's never too late. There's nothing that you could do to turn him away from you. He loves you. He adores you. He is for you. I thank you, Lord. Now, ladies and everyone here with us, I want you to say this prayer after me. And we're just going to say this prayer. We're going to invite Jesus in. We're going to invite him in. And once you invite him in, he is faithful to stay. He's not going to leave. He's not going to forsake you. 
Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you today that you see me and I give you, Lord Jesus, my whole heart. I invite you into every area of my life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And from this day forward, I repent from the old and I turn towards the new. And I will live with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.